Podcast Simpsons 183rd, the Is This And, Boys Brunt Annoyed, a couple of weird kids, hey hey. That's right. We're the podcast that explores the animated sitcom The Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond. Why 11 and beyond, you ask? Well, we know that there are plenty of other podcasts that explore the golden age of The Simpsons, seasons 1 through 10, and that damned will of random has trapped us to watch seasons 11 and beyond. New episodes when they exist, but when they're not, we watch them at random. I am an annoyed grunt boy, Steve, and with me, as always, is the other annoyed grunt boy, Craig. Hey, Craig. Steve. In the beginning, when you did your little intro to the show, you did it backwards. What, what was the deal with that? Well, Craig, we are at our 183rd episode, so I thought I would go backwards. Also, I have COVID. Hence the 183rd. Wait, wait, you have COVID now, finally, after years? <laughs> yep, it's been two and a half years, and I finally jumped on board. I wanted to see how the other half, other three quarters of the world lives. Well, this calls for a celebration. <laughs> I will. Well, I'm so happy for you to get the COVID, Steve. And uh, apologies to people that have actually been affected by the uh, disease. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I've had, you know, my two shots and a booster and uh, it's bad, but it's not like that bad. I don't wish it on anybody, but, uh, you know, I'm like on day four and it'll be OK, I think. But I think the saga is if people have been paying attention, the the Steve saga with wife and, oh, yeah. and wife's uh, sister and her uh, betrothed. That uh, Laura, his wife, mm-hmm. got mono. They thought it was COVID, but it wasn't. That's it was right. mono. So Steve was fine. He didn't get the mono. He didn't get the COVID. But his roommate, he got it from uh, the noid from That's Domino's. Right. That's why you're supposed to avoid the noid. Yeah. Uh, no, it was unfortunate because uh, when my wife, uh, Laura, had mono, uh, she had to go to the hospital for a night and her sister drove her and her sister at the time probably had COVID. So right. gave it to her on in route to the hospital. And then because Laura and I happened to cohabitate as husband and wife, she probably gave it to me. But Laura said that if she had to choose between having COVID or having mononucleosis, she'd choose uh, COVID any day. So, uh, but, yeah, it, it's OK. COVID, you're not bad in our book anymore. You're good now. Yeah. COVID, you number one. <laughs> See, I'll let you know that uh, I might be joining you soon in the COVID universe because uh, I went to the uh, bar I used to work at. And it's been like three years. And of course, it was crowded and it's a karaoke bar and everyone's sitting close together. I did sing a song. Luckily, the KJ that was working, I did see him wipe down the mic after that's every good. song. So that's good. But I guess I guess I'm the last of a few people that haven't had it yet. But tune in next week for COVID update. <laughs> we are doing a fun little joke of uh, it's our 183rd episode. And and this week's episode is actually the 230th episode. Uh, yes, that was not planned. See Weird why, how the wheel of random works out like that. Yeah. Why were we both winking at a non-existent camera? I don't know. <laughs> uh, wheel of random is random. 99% of the time, sometimes it doesn't do the, this job that it does, but, uh, you know. Yeah, broken clocks really right twice a day. Do people really think we're cursed by a wheel of random? <laughs> Uh, but anyways, um, we haven't really talked about uh, we're let's date this episode. It's um, we're about to have two months until the season premiere, season thirty four of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of news news things that came out. Like our first 
two episodes are going to be from what what the internet says it's going to be like back to back Halloween not necessarily Treehouse of Horror there's going to be the first episode that's all just going to be a parody of the Stephen King's It and then hmm. the next week is going to be a Treehouse of Horror so we're getting like two dose of Halloween it's going to be you know you know you go to the grocery store and and in July they already have Halloween stuff up so now the Simpsons are doing it too it's true yeah up the Halloween before we're ready for Halloween it'd be really interesting to see the uh the It episode until not It because I imagine that we'll have you know crusty as pennywise sure and then like probably todd as the little kid Ooh, that's a good like i don't know anything about it making yeah. predictions like what i'm a huge stephen king fan i'm a huge it fan particularly mm-hmm. i think uh the stand is my favorite stephen king book because it's like the modern lord of the rings i'm gonna be a nerd about this but i'll <laughs> i can tell you about the similarity no, but but it is definitely a close second is like my favorite stephen king novel yeah uh, i just like one scene with you know teenage or pre-present teens you know having of sex course. with each other it's the best scene. What... they haven't filmed it yet come on <laughs> no but uh yeah i think i would it be because it'll like you know change uh gender the character's gender like i don't think beverly would just be one female character like that'll probably be lisa i would I'm, assume i'm excited for that but like who's the kid that gets killed you know who's uh i mean billy metal house seems like a good foil but he should like, be stan who grows yeah. up and is slitting his wrist in the bathtub <laughs> as an adult because he doesn't want to confront it uh it's true martin should be uh ben Ooh. who was the chubby kid and, as a kid but then grows up to be like a like fit hot dude yeah i can see that <laughs> Uh, huh. well, because Beverly and but no, because Beverly and Ben end up getting together. Guys, we're just talking way too much. Are we a Stephen King podcast? I mean, we have a Stephen on the show, yeah. And you are a king, Craig. I always say, <laughs> yeah, when I think of kings, I think of uh, T'Challa from Black Panther and me. <laughs> we're very similar. I'm from Wakanda, of course, yeah. right? Yeah, Wakanda forever, and uh, or never, yeah. And you know, when I think of king, I think the king of beers. <laughs> But then I think of good beer, which brings us to our favorite segment, The Simpsons Beer Corner. All righty, Craig, what have you got for us this week? Well, this episode does have three tales from the public domain, which all take place in like Europe. Mm-hmm. So I thought, hmm, what beers taste good from Europe? Huh. I thought Germany has got some good beers. It's true. So I drove down to my local Germany mm-hmm. and picked up a beer that I haven't had before, but it's a, see if I pronounce it right, it's a Tuscher, 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 Tuscher. Uh, on the can, it looks like fucker, <laughs> like without the little like line in the middle of F, but like if you put a little line, it would say fucker. Mm-hmm. It's a Helles Hef Weizen. It's actually an authentic Bavarian wheat beer. So we know what, you know, a lot of us here know what wheat beer tastes like. But it's nationally unfiltered and in accordance with uh, the Bavarian purity law, brewed and balded in Germany. So this is legit from Germany. It's classic Germany. You think Oktoberfest, like it's a nice sky blue can with like the diamond and white flag that you see in Germania. Oktoberfest. If a kid sees this, they're going to like, that's beer, daddy. <laughs> Please don't put it on my head. Make me the nightstand because you had to sell it. <laughs> Just buy me macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's give it a go. It's a uh, tall boy or a long boy. Mm-hmm. Long boy is the chicken sandwich from Burger King. That's right. Oh, God. Smell that, Steve. Here, I'm putting this in the microphone. Mmm, yeasty with a hint of banana. I can totally smell it. Yeah. I mean, but like banana nut bread. Yeah, exactly. 
is Hefeweizen like probably one of the best like aromatic beers? Yeah, yeah, especially like a nice German half. Like no disrespect to Portland's God, own beautiful uh, Widmere, but they really did Hefeweizen a disservice because that's what people in America kind of define as being yeah. Hefeweizen. But German ones are so much better and they have so much more aroma and just nice breadiness to it. I've said it before, but I'm I'm transported back to as a child <laughs> eating a handful of Chex Mix. Uh-huh. That's what it tastes like. I get that totally. You see where he's going? It's like there's a child drinking beer. But no, this is this is liquefied Chex Mix. Steve, why don't we do the podcast in Germany? Uh, mostly because we don't live there and we don't speak much German. <laughs> they can speak our American. That's true. Um, just for basic alcohol content, it's just a 5.2%. Nice and easy. Uh, this is a beautiful beer. In the summertime here, usually I think Hefeweizen is a good summer ale, but this does not need fruit. And if you, I think if you put fruit in here, it would really ruin it. Yeah. Take away from the goodness of it. God, it's amazing. I love it. I love it. Because it has a nice fruity uh, uh, flavor to it. But Os Bayerin. Ooh, Nutra Rub. Ooh. Natura Rub. Rub. All right, Steve, I've had my German beer. All righty. I imagine you got a uh, Shakespeare Ale or a uh, Joan of Ale, a Deceased Sour. <laughs> I like all of those. And, you know, I did think about, you know, Shakespeare, Rogue does make a Shakespeare stout. But I thought about Lisa being, uh, you know, Joan of Arc. And, you know, before she became the hero that she was, she was a uh, just a simple farmhand working at a in a farm. So I have a farmhand select uh, from Block 15 Brewing out of Tualatin, Oregon. And this is a collaboration with Upright Brewing. So two very good local breweries. And so the copy reads, this farmhouse ale showcases Mackenzie hops from nearby Oregon Hop House and a malt bill featuring uh, Franson, France, uh, Pilsner, uh, Lion Light, and some oat pale uh, things. And so these regionally sourced products have created a gentle aromas of Bartlett pear, kumquat, ginger, and clove. This year's entry in series dedicated to brewing with region as the central focus. This is a real Oregon beer. It's a farmhouse. Can's not very kid friendly because it's just kind of a like a, not like a little logo of like kind of reminiscent of a wheat flour a little bit. Uh, easy drinking at 5.7%. I'm going to crack this open. Beer is good for COVID, right? Yeah. So uh, golden color. Ooh. The nose is very nice. It's uh, it sounded like Borat. The nose is uh, very nice. <laughs> uh, no, but it does have some uh, a little bit of funky stank on it. It smells very like wild and yeasty, which would make sense as a farmhouse ale. Ooh, oh yeah, that's nice. It has kind of like a an earthiness, kind of like a a weediness, kind of like your hefeweizen. But yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, it's very similar, but it's also got like a little bit of a wild flavor to it, kind of. Like I don't that I don't get the kumquat necessarily, but I I almost get like a hint of peach or like a stone fruit. It's not mm. sweet at all, but just kind of like that kind of the mealiness of that in a good way. Um, this is a really nice beer. It tastes tastes like something that you'd have at a beer festival. Like I want to have it in Germany, even <laughs> though it's all organic ingredients, but like with a sausage or with some sauerkraut, I think it would pair really well. And it's just a really fun beer. Uh, Block fifteen, they do a lot of good work. No, that does sound tasty. Uh, I really kind of want to try that now. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd I think it'd be definitely up your alley. Like. It's a good like summertime beer. Uh, sit in the backyard, have a few. Love that. Out. I love sitting in the backyard with with an ale. Oh yeah, it's great. I haven't done it yet, but I, I'm looking forward to it. It's on my bucket list. <laughs> sure, maybe you can do it on uh, St. Patty's Day. And uh, speaking of St. Patty's Day, let's go all the way back to St. Patrick's Day of 2002, March 17th to be exact. Uh, what was the number one movie in the box office, Craig? Well, if it was St. Patrick's Day, then it's probably uh, The Irishman that came out then. <laughs> or... Yeah. No, it was uh, everyone's favorite uh, Dennis 
Leary voice animated movie. <laughs> sure. Ice Age. Oh, yeah. The OG. Do they do, do, they do Ice Age on ice? <laughs> they should have, yeah. I still haven't seen Ice Age. <laughs> I've never seen an Ice Age. And I I feel like I'm going to go through the rest of my life without seeing one. And I even own Ice Age. So, <laughs> Do you really? Well, I don't like, okay. Do you really own digital media? Fair enough. Yeah. It's a big debate. It's like when you, when you signed up for Voodoo like 20 years ago, Oh, right. like they give you five free movies and you got to choose them. I was like, I guess Ice Age. That sounds fine. But I still haven't mm-hmm. watched it yet. I think the other one was uh, Carriers with uh, Chris Pine, uh, Blow with Internet Jerk's favorite Johnny Depp. And Pee Wee Herman. Is he in oh, no. He is in Blow. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen Blow. I, I thought you were making a joke of him blowing a dude at a, <laughs> at a porno factory. Was that what happened? <laughs> sure. Porno, a porno factory. Daddy, what do you do in this factory? Well, son, I do ladies, sometimes men, sometimes goats, depending on uh, the uh, the market. Someday I'm going to work in a porno factory like Dad. <laughs> well, be careful, son. That's how I met your mother. Oh, would have been a better ending than the TV show How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> uh, but uh, maybe one of these days uh, on our Patreon, we'll watch Ice Age. Sure. Maybe we'll do that. And uh, Steve hasn't seen. Yeah. All right, Steve. Well, we are all coming out of the theater. Well, not all of us. Obviously, uh, what was the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100? Well, Craig, um, I think that, you know, the critics were saying to Ice Age, hey, ain't that funny? Which is coincidental because the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 is Ain't It Funny by one Jennifer Affleck Nee Lopez featuring Ja Rule. Just tell me. Ain't it funny, title song, mm-hmm. that Jennifer Lopez at this time was probably with Ben Affleck, right? It's true, yeah. But ain't it funny they're married now? That is funny. Marriage, <laughs> it's a funny thing. It sure is. Also, um, I don't know which song came first, but there's a Shakira the song. Okay, thank you. There's a Shakira song that says, like, whenever, wherever. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you I mean, feel like it, you could play it. Tax like... Invader, Shakira. Exactly. This day's uh, Wesley Snipes. Um, but I feel like you could play that song over this song and it would just smooth, go smoothly. They sound a lot alike, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I could hear that now when you just mentioned that. Well... Hopefully J-Lo's paid her taxes on like Shakira. That's right. And we know Steve had to pay his taxes this last weekend because he was the winner of the $1.2 billion. That's right. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, but he still could be doing this podcast. <laughs> Damn you, Wheel of Random. All right, Steve. Uh, let's just get in with this week's episode. How about that? Uh, today we're talking about Tales from the Public Domain, the uh, 14th episode of the 13th season in which the Simpsons appear as characters in three classic but unrelated tales. Homer as Odysseus leading the Greek army against Troy, Bart as Hamlet uh, to avenge the death of his father, and Lisa as Joan of Arc. You know, uh, we were talking about how this episode we've done like the reverse jokes. We should have probably reviewed this in reverse order, but I feel like we're just going to do a normal order. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. but And also time consuming. Yeah, would have been. That would have been confusing. So and annoying to the the listeners. That's right. We're annoying enough as it is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so let's take a break. We'll drink our beers and become slightly less annoying, and we'll be right uh, back. Maybe. And we 
we're back. Today we are talking about Tales from the Public Domain. It was the 14th episode of the 13th season, originally aired March 17th, 2002. It's episode 283 in the show's run, and your nerd code is DABF08, and is written by Andrew Kreisberg, Josh Lieb, and Matt Warburton, directed by Mike B. Anderson, and your showrunner is Al Jean. Oh boy. Steve, how'd I do? You did great, Craig. Well done. Cool. Since it's a, a weird reverse episode, you know, it's our 183rd. And hey, it's their 283rd episode. How how convenient is that, Steve? It's, it's like kismet. We're like uh, bizarro. Yeah, I figured Craig we would. You know, thanks to the Wheel of Random, probably assume that uh, these guys won't get to 283 episodes. So uh, we'll cut them some slack. That's right. <laughs> Uh, but here we are. We're doing it. And so uh, start with the writers. Uh, so we got Andrew Kreisberg, who's written two episodes, uh, this one and Barting Over from season 14, uh, the 11th episode. And that was our episode 98, which we played or which we aired on December 10th, 2020. Um, a couple episodes right before our 100th episode, which I right. don't know what that was about because who knows? Yeah, I, I don't remember that at all. Didn't we die the next episode in episode 99 or some shit like that? I think we did die. Yeah, we put on some bits. <laughs> I know the next morning I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> I think that's your current <laughs> current state of COVID, Steve. That's also true. All right. Um, but uh, Andrew Kreisberg also wrote on Mission Hill, which was, you know, of course, by Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. He was also a writer for Justice League, Hope and Faith, and Boston Legal. We've talked about him before. Yeah, all of the uh, part of the whole DC universe, Hope and Faith, Boston Legal. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget, he also helped launch the CW's Green Arrow and uh, or the Arrow Show and Flash and Supergirl. Everyone loves him there over at CW, right? That's right. Yeah, Everybody loves him. Maybe not. Maybe not. Because <laughs> on November 10th, 2017, he was uh, suspended from uh, his role showrunner on The Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl after 15 women and four men accused him of sexual harassment. He was fired from uh, Warner Brothers projects, and I guess he hasn't re been really heard from since, right? Yeah, probably. He's probably just hiding out. Yeah, um, hiding out. <laughs> maybe he's in that water cooler with Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I watched those shows, and uh, they're all over now, I think. That's right. Uh, next, we have Josh Lieb, who is uh, this is the only episode of The Simpsons that he's written, but he was the showrunner for The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, as well as EP of News Radio, The Daily Show, wow. and Pod Save America. So uh, he did some good things in The Jimmy Fallon Show. The only Tonight Show host that I think is credible, of course, is Jimmy Fallon. The rest before him, no one's going to remember. No, yeah. He, he, he makes it fun. <laughs> His games. It's what we want. My favorite bit is when he had former President Donald Trump on, and it's like, is that your real hair? <laughs> and he gets to, you know, fondle it. What a great comedy bit. Uh, so funny. Just the writers really knocked it out of the park there. <laughs> Actually, I don't want to I don't want to diss the writers because, you know, they got a good job writing for the night show. You got Higgins there who's like responsible yeah. for SNL. Like, I, I, I think if Lauren Michaels ever retires, I think Higgins would be the one that would take over SNL. Totally. I think you're absolutely right. Or if it's Keenan Thompson's way, they'll just end it. Yeah, season 50, we're done. Or we got a few more years. You know, maybe you and I can uh, show run it. Yeah, we'll, we'll handle it. Let's <laughs> we'll be like, um, you just want Mike Myers and Dana Carvey back to do two hours of Wayne's World? Yeah, you <laughs> And then this. just 15 minutes of Tracy Jordan just, just with a microphone saying whatever he wants. Yeah, you mean Tracy exactly Morgan? Yeah. You said Tracy Jordan, his character from 30 Rock, Tracy Morgan's character from 30 Rock? No, that's what I want. Oh, okay. And uh, Norm MacDonald for two hours of uh, Weekend Update. Sure. Oh, from sorry. the grave. Oh, all right, Steve. Uh, 
your seven uh, SNL cast members uh, <laughs> living or dead doesn't matter. No. Rules. Okay. Um, let's see. Well, of course, I gotta give it up to my man JC Sashay from Insync. Uh, and don't forget Josh Lieb, who we're oh, still yeah. talking about. Oh yeah, Josh Lieb. We'll get him on there. <laughs> Josh Lieb, though, he just seems like a smart dude, right? Yeah. So this is like the only episode he was credited on? Yeah, I think so, because wow. he's he's a busy dude. Like, he writes for What We Do in the Shadows. He did Run Together. <clears throat> so he did the Joan Van Ark segment on this one, right? Yes, that's right. Cool. And then we finally, we... Knots Landing. Right. <laughs> and then we have Matt Warburton, who we've talked about a bunch, and he... Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, 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 I'm his brother, Matt. Uh, he worked 11 years as a writer and co-executive producer on the Fox animated series, The Simpsons, uh, leaving the show in December of 2012. Thought the world was going to end. John Cusack spooked him. Um, and then he wrote for Community and uh, The Mindy Product Project. So, uh, yeah. And he's written a handful of episodes. Um, we've talked about a lot of them, including Three Gays of the Condor, our ninth episode. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Guest Star, our uh, 111th episode. Please, Homer, don't hammer him. The Ray Romano episode. Yeah. Hey, I'm coming down with the shingles. <laughs> um, and then we got Mona Lisa, our episode 107. And finally, The Great Simpsina, our uh, 76th episode. We still got, what, like six more to go? Five more? 100? Yeah, it looks like it. We've got uh, Treehouse of Horror. We've got a bunch of them. Uh, Springfield Up, which is one that I'm looking forward to. Because uh, yeah. it has to do with, well, we won't, I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out know. if the wheel of Springfield Up. I'm going to assume that's like a uh, seven up parody. It's all about soda. Lemon I think soda. so. Unsoda, yeah. <laughs> well, there's still soda in it. They call it the, no, it's the Uncola, not the Unsoda. Uncola, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Unsoda would just be lemon <laughs> juice. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, water. <laughs> Uh, Steve, let's get on with this week's episode with the classic. This is the whole intro. It's a it's a long one, Steve. It's about four yeah. hours long. It's the actual credits. We get a chalkboard gag, Steve. Uh, don't tell this to uh, Dr. Acula <laughs> or Angel or Spike or Lestat or Count Chocula. Yeah, the Count from Sesame Street. Sure. Uh, Edward. Uh, Edward. Edward. Yeah, not ja- yeah. Jacob's the werewolf. Werewolf yeah. bad. Okay, Jacob. No, Edward. No, J- what would you say? Edward, I think. Yeah, Edward. Was there ever like a Casper vampire ghost? <laughs> I don't think so, but that could but, be but a direction. I'm having a vision of like Casper with fangs going <laughs> and has like a little Dracula cape. Is that not, is that a real thing or am I just making this up right now? I love the idea of it being like a Halloween episode. So Casper dresses up as a vampire. <laughs> just to, it has to know. be a thing. Okay. Well. <laughs> We're talking about vampires, of course, and uh, the chalkboard that Bart writes is vampires, not a career choice. This isn't really the time because, you know, we're talking about what year 2002. I don't think the vampires have really come back as a cool thing, right? No, I don't think so. Because Twilight was the thing that brought the vampires back to, you know, it was cool for a hot minute. And now, like, no one cares about vampires anymore. Well, no, Buffy was on in 2002. So maybe that's true. And Angel was probably. Yeah, it was in 2002. So, yeah, I think vampires were cool was yeah. true blood on 2002 um the books were probably out at least and the show might have been around and you know Anne rice's books have always been popular so it's true did you even know that they were here we are our intro that takes 20 <laughs> minutes we get to we before we get to the first club but did you know that amc is making an interview with a vampire tv show really yeah i'm very curious about it, it looks good huh i could i could see that working yeah, it's now just going to be a, a podcast with Lestat. <laughs> He's like, let me tell you about the time I drank the blood of 14 virgin girls. But before that, let me talk to you about Squarespace. Ah, 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 ah. 
I would watch that show. <laughs> They're in a oh. glass booth for some reason. <laughs> I may sleep in a coffin, but I want to be comfortable <laughs> with the underwear I choose. That's why me undies has the best for Lestat, the vampire. His producer is a, a, a Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> Who's his like uh, sidekick, like uh, producer or? <laughs> I mean, do we go full like full like Adam Sandler monsters and go for like an Igor? <laughs> We have a werewolf. Oh, that's true. He can he can do ads for uh, the ball shaving thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> manscaped. <laughs> I don't know why I'm Lestat and I talk like Dracula. <laughs> Steve, I think you and I should do a vampire podcast Ooh. and make that a career choice. Oh, proving Bart wrong. Well, proving Miss Carbapple wrong, really. Yeah, we're just we'll just on the podcast say we're vampires, and it'll be like what we pod in the shadows. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted a spinoff of what we do in the shadows with with uh, Nandor doing a podcast with Guillermo. Yeah. How's that not been an episode yet? <laughs> oh God, I love that. And like, yeah, I would <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that. All right. Well, let's just continue with the Simpsons. Not what we do in the shadows. All right. So we got a couch gag, and so the Simpsons run to the couch, but they're a flip book wow. being being flipped by live action, real human hands. Steve, I wonder whose hands those were. Do you think it was Daddy Maddie himself? Ooh, could be. Did he draw it? Maybe. I mean, they are like very clean hands, like very clean nails. I don't, I don't know what that means, but like, I'm not implying that Matt Groening has dirty hands. Or he's... It's Schwartzwalder. That's who it is. Yep. That's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. One and only live screen appearance. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'll do it, but uh, only if I can show my hands. Well, they were pretty clean. I don't see really like any yellow stains around like where you'd be smoking. So I don't think eh, that that doesn't prove that theory. Yeah. Maybe it was uh, Matt Selman. That's his first job. He's like, <laughs> we just need you to flip this book. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, it's just probably some poor intern. <laughs> Didn't get it paid for it. Probably. All right, Steve. Our episode begins, as it always does, with Homer Simpson, the star of the show, first on the call mm-hmm. sheet, napping on his good old comfy brown fluffy old couch. Uh, his daughter, first daughter, of course, Lisa Marie Simpson, is reading a book. Bart J. Simpson, that's his first son, is playing a video game. That's right. And his second daughter, Margaret Evelyn Lenny Simpson, but she goes by Maggie, is playing with some blocks. And then in comes his first wife, Marge Bouvier Simpson. She's got everyone's favorite thing that you bring in from the street, which is mail. That's right. Uh, of course, it's full of past due bills that are increasingly intimidating among like death threats. <laughs> it's like, we'll kill you. Um, and Homer receives a letter from the library. 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 Lisa needs braces. Battle plan. Homer, you got a letter. Hmm. It's from the library. Overdue book. This is the biggest frame up since OJ. Wait a minute. Blood in the Bronco. The cuts on his hands? Those Jay Leno monologues? Oh my god, he did it! <laughs> Here's the book. Classics for children? Oh yeah, I checked that out when Bart was born. I was gonna read to him every day. What happened? Stuff kept coming up, mostly car-related. Piece of crap. Why don't you read to us now? I decide who reads and when. How about now? Hmm. Homer's Odyssey. Is this about that minivan I rented once? No, Dad. It's an epic tale from ancient Greece. That minivan had the biggest cup holders. And chain slots for every coin. From penny to quarter. 
Dad, I loved it too, but it was seven years ago. Uh, we, we've brought it up so many times on this podcast, uh, the Homer's Odyssey joke. And here it is. This is what it's yeah. from. Man, the uh, it does sound like a great van because the coin holder from penny yeah. to quarter. I've had cars, Steve. I've never had the penny slot. It's always been nickel, diamond, quarter. That's a bummer because, yeah, sometimes you just need like if you're like going through the drive through or something and you have like just a random amount, like 147 and you just need those two pennies. Yeah, but no pennies were just like floating around in the car. Yeah, not not a slot for those pennies. <sighs> Let's just get rid of the pennies, Steve. I agree. Cost two cents <laughs> to make. It's a waste of time. <laughs> but, you know, Biden probably loves them. Yeah, I call them copper jacks. I buy two sticks of honey. That sure is some sweet food. Oh, yeah. Become, I call it. <laughs> uh, hey, you and the president both have COVID. What's it What's it like to feel like the president? I mean, I do have a lot of brain fog and I didn't do much today. So I guess we got that in common. Although yeah. he did do, he did like, as I was just recording, he did do a thing today. So good yeah, on him. He killed a man. Just to watch him die. <laughs> oh, he also had the uh, head of Al-Qaeda uh, assassinated. Oh, yeah, that too. Busy day for Joe. <laughs> Spent some time in Reno and ordered some troops. Uh, I do have, unfortunately have a blender for you, Craig. What? So the Homer, the Odyssey that Homer uh, references, they rented seven years ago, which makes sense because the Odyssey was re- released in 1995. But the photo that he's looking at is the second generation Odyssey, which wasn't introduced until 1999. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. And they did. That's why uh, Josh Lieb has never worked on The Simpsons again. That's right. Oh, That's know. a big car guy. I do like the joke earlier, though, where I didn't see where it was going about like, you know, Homer rents the or checks out rents the book because <laughs> you guys know what a library is, is where you could go rent books. But mostly it's where you go to take a, a public urination or number two. Yeah. But I was just going to say that um, the joke where, you know, he checks out the book and, you know, Bart's like, why didn't you continue reading to me? And he's like, yeah, things got busy. And I just thought the obvious joke was going to be like oh, TV something. But I like how he's like mostly car troubles. <laughs> like, yeah, it was a good choice. I thought like of it was out of there. I wouldn't expect what you know, I was going to expect like TV or beer or, remote, you know, typically right. dumb Homer things. But I'm like, yeah, car troubles. That makes sense. And it kind of ties into him renting the Odyssey, the Odyssey. Exactly. Because his car was broke down. So he had to rent a minivan. Yep. So it's a type piece. Also, like um, when he says that, I'll tell you when I'll read. Yeah. And then he just says it a few seconds later. <laughs> um, it's kind of like those I, like. Uh, idle threats that Homer starts making around this time period. Yeah. But also the animation of like Lisa, like what the fuck to say? Like she, like her expression doesn't change. It's like, she knows that like, eh, it's a dumb comment. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. My dad's an idiot. Um, speaking of libraries though, I do want to tell everybody this is a public service. The Libby L I B B Y app allows you to download both audiobooks and regular books to your phone for free through the public library. And you can even like sign up for a uh, library card through that app. So I'm just a big fan of it. If you like reading it, Libby is great. Like every audiobook ever. Yeah. Sometimes you'll have to wait like several weeks, but wait, really there. to check out an audiobook? Uh-huh. How is it then monitored? It's not just going to give you like an MP3 and say, here you go. No, I think they like link it to the, uh, forgive me, library nerds, the IBSN number or whatever the library number is. And so they have allotted so many. Like I realized that they could just release MP3s willy nilly, but no, you get it for three weeks and then you can return it. Or if you don't, it'll return it automatically. Oh, so you have like a certain amount of time. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Homer throws the picture of his rented minivan over his shoulder and begins to tell the first tale of the public domain. It was the end of the Trojan War, 
and clever Odysseus had a plan to destroy the Trojans once and for all. We then flash to Homer as Odysseus, pulling a giant wooden horse to the castle doors of the Trojans. He's greeted by King of Troy, Ned, stupid sexy Flanders, and so Homer, representing the Greeks, says the war has gone on for too long. King Ned agrees, mentioning that he hasn't been able to retrieve his mail, and then we see a full mailbox, much unlike the Simpsons who have their mail inside their house. Homer says that one of the Trojan soldiers he tortured mentioned that kind Ned collected giant wooden animals. Homer offers the giant horse. Ned looks at the various wooden animals he has, such as a pig, a scuddy dog, and, you know, two more horses, but politely says that he doesn't have a horse from Homer. It's very sweet. Uh, Ned invites the horse in, and the gates of the castle open. Now, throughout history, when people get wood, they'll think of Trojans. <laughs> Trojans. What are you laughing at, Dad? If I'm laughing at what I think I am, it's very funny. <laughs> anyway... As night fell, the Greek soldiers crept from the wooden horse. And that's the joke that uh, I was thinking of last week. That's right. When people so, get wood, think of Trojans. <laughs> I forgot about the um, the follow-up with Homer like laughing. It's like in the book, and he probably saw Trojan and the wooden horse, and he, he thought to himself, like, <laughs> but does he know what he's talking about? He's like, I think I know it. Yeah, he's kind of unsure. Funny. Very funny stuff, Steve. I like that quote, that line. When you think of penis and wood, you don't think of, well, maybe you do think of Flanders. <laughs> I mean, he's got a lot of offer in that department. But... <laughs> right, right. Well, every time I think of wood and penis, it's nothing but Trojans and Flanders. <laughs> there you go. And horses. <laughs> I think Trojans should rebrand their, uh, they should have a new, like a spokesperson and make it Flanders. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Or they should uh, pair with USC and because they're the Trojans. And so. Oh. college kid can like they can they can change their mascot from a spartan warrior to a condom and everyone in the band dresses up as a stupid sexy flanders wearing a condom exactly and nothing else <laughs> well it feels like they're wearing nothing at all nothing at all <sighs> imagine the tromboner <laughs> all right well back to the story steve so greek soldiers played by lenny mo carl and professor frink then there's the other carl and then uh, you got uh, Barfly Sam and Lou the Cop all slide down a rope and see the uh, sleeping soldiers and call them little angels. The Mo then instructs his troops to spare no one. And then they go on a killing spree and the enemies are beheaded and flames grow. And you just have like a silhouette of them just fighting. But Mo warns the uh, his troops uh, just because their heads are off doesn't mean they're dead. <laughs> Let's test it there, Steve. All right, I got a sword here. Give me uh, your head. And no, I'm not going to chop your head off now. OK, good. Yeah, at least Ooh. another. Um, let's say 13 more episodes, then I'll chop your head off. All righty. I'll try and remember, but I'll probably forget. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it'll be coming. Uh, as, it'll be a fun surprise. I don't know. So if you like get to like in real life, if you get decapitated and this podcast could like lead me to being a suspect. Oh, that's true. But all right. so don't, don't get that... don't get decapitated. All right. OK, I'll try and keep my head on me at all times. <laughs> you got a good head on you, Steve. I don't want you to lose it. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> so in the flaming aftermath of the massacre, Homer changes the population sign of Troy from 12,801 to zero. He tells his man that he can now return to his wife and to Ithaca. And then Apu reminds Odysseus Homer to appease the gods with an appropriate animal sacrifice. Homer declines, saying that sacrificing animals is barbaric. He then instructs his soldiers to have the slaves kill the wounded. And so in the clouds above, Zeus, as portrayed by Mary Quimby, is offended by the lack of sacrifice and tells the other gods, as played by Barney and Captain Callister, to get revenge. No sacrifice? We'll teach that mortal to trifle with the gods? I got it! You fat lust, you just destroyed Atlantis. You used to be fun. 
Where's the Zeus who used to turn into a cow and pick up chicks? He grew up. Maybe you should too. Poseidon, you take care of Odysseus. Yar, I'll send him far. Of course. Grease is the word. <laughs> is it face or vase? You gonna be asking that the whole trip? Gentlemen, I must be wasted. Cause it looks like that cloud is mad at me. I like the uh the boat banter of uh Grease being the word and uh <laughs> Lenny wondering about vase versus vase. I mean, we all do, right? Every night. I think it's, you know, it's fun to sound more pretentious. Be like, ooh, I like that vase. Ooh, that vase has a lot of flowers in it. Sorry, florals in it. <laughs> Those floors are the things that uh, bees like to eat. Yeah, they make uh, bee cum. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Biden's favorite candy. Exactly. Bee cum in little tubes. Did you ever read the Odyssey? <laughs> no, I just uh, listened to the audiobook read by, uh, I don't know, Michael Rappaport. All right, we got this fucking Greek guy. He's over <laughs> here. He's on a boat. I don't know. He misses his wife. She's some okay. goomba. Um, I remember reading it in freshman year of high school, and it was a special time because there was a because you were and, going through puberty. <laughs> that, that's true. Yeah, I had little pubes. Um, but also on uh, NBC on Sunday night, the very special made-for-TV movie, they had a two-part series of the Odyssey starring Armand Desante doing a very bad <laughs> Spanish accent to play Odysseus. And uh, I don't know why, but that uh, made-for-TV movie always sticks with me because the uh, graphics were real bad. It was like they're real trying, trying really hard with the CGI that wasn't quite there yet. So more like the 2000 Sci-Fi Channel adaptation of uh, Frank Herbert's Dune anime Ex or CGI. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or, or remember that show Reboot? Oh, it was yes. like a CGI cartoon. Right. That probably cost millions of dollars. In <laughs> yeah, if you look at it now, it's like, Ugh, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, gives you a headache. Uh, anyway, that was a little diversion. But uh, yeah, that's I, I did read Odysseus, but mostly I remember that movie. But to answer your question, the only exposure to Odyssey, Homer's Odyssey is uh, this episode. <laughs> That's fair. I don't you must have been in like smart, smart English class, because the only thing I remember, like in English class is we watched like the first Superman movie. <laughs> and that sounds like more fun. Yeah, we no, we read like Romeo and Juliet, like the basic Shakespeare. Yeah, your basic Shakespeare, you know? Yeah, your basic. Uh, so a cloud in the shape of Poseidon, uh, sea captain, blows a gust of wind towards Homer's ship. The men hang on tight as the map the, shows the craft being blown to the crazy islands. As the men attempt to repair their ship, they hear a haunting, catchy tune. Females' voices sing of the islands of sirens, where their hot sex will leave the men perspiring. All to the tune of Barry Manilow's Copacabana. Carl suggests they steer heedlessly towards the sound of the song. Where Steve steers headlessly towards the song of the south. <laughs> That's right. Love those crows, especially the ones that count. Yep, Adam Durwitz. What a hey, second. Mr. Jones. So the Greek soldiers excitedly anticipate the sirens, thinking that if they kiss as good as they lure, they will be in paradise. But unfortunately for our heroes, the sirens singing are Marge's sisters, Patty and Selma, but probably not related to Isabella um, from this segment. Right, right, right. But they're wearing clamshell pasties and hairy legs, just how Stevie and I are dressed right now. Mm hmm. Uh, Homer declares them to be hideous as Apu and Carl respond with disgusted woofs. Frink's glasses break while Lenny pleads for someone to gouge his eyes out, which is a fun callback to Lenny and his eyes not getting anything in them. True. The fact now he wants something in his eyes. It's a good gag. I like that a lot. It is very funny, but uh, 
the shaming of padding selma is needs to end steve it's true i mean i think they have ended that yeah i was gonna say like all things considered they don't look that bad <laughs> no i mean they're animated characters yeah but they're probably not disgusting in i mean originally it was just like homer right that would make fun of them but yeah you know troy mcclure sideshow well, i guess those that doesn't count yeah i mean troy mcclure that's not for uh, that's not his yeah. kind. He he does like the idea of maybe like uh, sirens because they're part of the ocean. That's true. <laughs> Anyways, uh, back to, so uh, <laughs> the Greeks uh, quickly paddle away from the sirens at the crazy islands and then head to home of Odysseus, which is uh, Ithaca. Steve, you know Ithaca. Ithaca is gorgeous. <laughs> I know that. Yes, that's their slogan. Ithaca is gorgeous because they have so many gorges and. Yeah, and it looks like gorgeous, but it's not. Ithaca is gorgeous. Do you remember there was a t-shirt back in the day that had, it said Ithaca has gorgeous? Yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I know what that website was. It was the same one with the hungry, hungry hippos. I'm not really that hungry. Yeah, and like. And, and South Korea's got soul. Mm-hmm. And I think there was one that said like, some other state is for friends, like, because Vermont is for lovers. Right. Like West Virginia is for just friends. <laughs> Still don't remember the name of that website. I know. We used to go there like nightly. <laughs> like, is there new shirts yet? No. Ah, can we still afford the $24.95 shirt? Nope. Nope. It. <laughs> it was probably T Public. Yeah, tpublic.com slash user slash no Let's just bring those shirts back. Yeah. All right. We'll do Ithaca has gorges. Oh, don't forget the chicken and egg one where they're in bed smoking a cigarette and <laughs> yeah, the egg says, I think it was me. <laughs> uh all right. Uh but we're back to the Simpsons. Um so Marge Aspinelby says that it's been years since she's seen her husband and looks at a photo of Homer as a dashing, muscular, long-haired blonde. Um, did they have photography back then, Steve? That doesn't matter. It's a cartoon. Maybe it's <laughs> yeah. a painting. Uh, she hopes that uh, he remains the magnificent physical specimen she remembers. I don't know about this. I don't know. Also, Frank shouldn't have glasses. Uh, <laughs> Bart suggests that her uh, mother find a new suitor, and we see a line of eligible bachelors such as Willie, Krusty, Ken Brockman, Prinzel Skinner, and Kirk Manhattan. From the line uh, jumps Discus Stew, who is offering Uzo for Tuzo. Uh, Bart offers to give Stu and his mother some privacy, but Disco Stu has his sights on Bart and his sweet little butt. Uh, Bart shudders as Penelope wonders where her love could be. So is there like you read Odysseus? Is there a subplot with an older guy being a pedophile? Uh, well, a lot of the Greeks were uh, oh. uh, uh, gay. But he specifically wants a little boy. That's pedophilia. Yeah, that's also very common among the Greek culture. Because I mean, not now. <laughs> back in the day. Like, not the 50s, but like so way back in the day. Oh, no. <laughs> like in I ancient can't... times. Now I can't see John Stamos any other way now. Have mercy. That's what he told the judge. <laughs> so, was he a surprise uh, a witness for Lori Laughlin's case? Yeah. <laughs> like, Your Honor, just have mercy on Lori. <laughs> and then, like, when she was going for the noose, because it was considered a lot worse crime, uh, Joey come in and says, like, cut it out. <laughs> so they cut the rope and she didn't die. Because you know, you get the death penalty yeah. or college admission <laughs> fraud. <laughs> <sighs> so the ship nearly reaches Ithaca when suddenly a hand flicks the ship, sending it all the way to the island of Circe. Uh, the men groan with disappointment as Poseidon declares himself to be a little stinker. The soldiers are then introduced to Circe, the sorceress, Mo Wonders, who decided to give every weirdo an island. I'm just thinking of Epstein's Island for some reason. Um, <laughs> so then Cersei offers the men to drink from her cauldron, which is full of bubbling green liquid and surrounded by skeletons holding chalices. So it's mm -hmm. probably okay, right? Oh, sure. It's fine. Steve, and would you like they... to drink from my cauldron? Ooh, I would. So bubbly. 
weird gross um you have covid get away from me sorry sir uh lenny says that he was in the mood for something bubbling and he carl mo and apu all take a swig from the cauldron and instantly they all turn into pigs not cops just regular swine pigs oh yeah homer sees the swine and notices that one of them resembles lenny he picks it up and takes a large bite saying it's the next best thing to eating lenny time passes and homer is surrounded by the bones of his men cersei offers homer some direction and back at ithaca Penelope confronts her patient potential lovers. Didn't you eat enough of your friends? <gasps> Those were my friends! Yes, I've been saying that for hours. That's it. I'm going home. Which way to Ithaca? It's not so easy. You must go through Hades, crossing the River Styx. been 20 years and you suitors have been very patient we've been beyond patient we came here helen of troy was hot now look at her this is the face that launched a thousand ships the other way <laughs> honey i'm home well, look who the fates dragged in oh i'm sorry i was gone so long but i'm gonna do something i haven't done for 20 years take out the trash so I think I like the river sticks, band sticks joke. I'm kind of surprised that Homer was so offended by it because he said, like, this is truly hell. And here's my hot take. Sticks rules. <laughs> yeah, we love sticks. Feels like a band that Homer would love, too. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I may have like my punk rock, whatever, but there are certain bands like Sticks or Boston that are just undeniably cool and they're awesome. What, what category do we put sticks in? Like it's... <sighs> Some people say prog rock, but I was going to say think prog rock a little bit. Is it corporate rock? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I think at one time it could be called dad rock. Yeah, it's not quite uh, yacht rock, but it's, no, it's too heavy for yacht rock. Yeah, it's what like, yeah, a mother doesn't like, know what heavy metal is. Right. I was going to say metal. like it's light metal. <laughs> yeah, it's Disney metal. <laughs> yeah, it's tin. <laughs> tin. Tin rock. Tin rock. There tin we go. roof. Tin rock busted uh yeah i love sticks uh, yeah they're they're great and that's a great song i mean i think the best usage of sticks come sail away was the freaks and geeks episode oh yeah if you don't remember they're uh, i forget the character's names but it's one of the little geek kids is finally at a dance and he's gonna ask the girl he likes and they're playing come sail away and it's like the perfect like romantic like let's slow dance but as soon mm -hmm. as you ask her it's when they kicks in the Yeah. Yeah. The hard also, part. Uh, South Park did a good. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Like 20 years ago. Um, yeah. She's back before they were political. <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, I do like uh, Agnes Lamb of God. Uh, I like her little. Uh, Phil Stiller. Uh, Phil Stiller joke. Yeah. For they some reason, that joke always like sticks with me to this episode. Sticks, you said. <laughs> yes, I did. But they've done the Phil Stiller jokes with uh, Agnes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Also, I do like the fact that it's a joke they've done before, but, you know, Homer's already eaten all of his friends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that was Lenny. I'm like, yeah, I told you that like hours ago. I'm just still not on his friends. Well, Steve, Homer throws his spear, impaling the chest of Krusty, Kirk, Willie, Burns, and Sideshow Mel. He tells his sweet Penelope that she's just as beautiful as when he left. I do like how like animation wise his like spear was just, you know, like, you know, hyped. And then all of a sudden it's like a giant spear. Right. Yeah. Everybody that impales six men. Yeah. <laughs> good throw. A good arm. Yeah. Good job, Homer. Yeah. 
Uh, so Penelope tells Odysseus that uh, she can't stay mad at him and gives him a big hug. Mm. And then the stab suitors all let a, uh, you know, like a kind of ah, and they all die. <laughs> uh, Penelope then asks Odysseus to regale her with adventures of his last 20 years. But Homer, Odysseus, feels like he's being suffocated and then uh, heads to Moe's, which is weird because like. Yeah. We have Bart as his son, who's only 10. <laughs> He's been gone for 20 years, so who's Bart's dad? <laughs> a very good point. I was going to say that it's weird because Mo was clearly with them on the trip, so he came <laughs> back and opened up his bar real quick. But right, your right, point is too, far yeah. more logical because, yeah, Bart, who Marge been with? Well, I mean, Mo's bar, he could have had it established, and That's someone's true, working yeah. there, and he's yeah. just going to Mo's. You know, this is the name of a bar. That's you true. Know, it's not like, I'm going to Disney. I hope Walt's still alive. <laughs> a fair point so there was a couple of deleted scenes from the segment one that had a comic book guy as polyphemus the cyclops um which would have been fun especially if they did like an x-men thing because you know he's a nerd <laughs> right and then we have an extra scene with patty and selma as the uh, sirens where patty she seashell bra tries to crawl away so uh might have seen some patty boob hi caramba we did it we did our first segment yeah we did it that was easy that's us. That's our applause for getting through the first one. That's right. We used to fear these anthology episodes and, you know, they're not so scary anymore. Yeah. It turns out all we feared was actually uh, itself. Yeah. And of course, uh, spiders. Of course, spiders are horrifying. And uh, claustrophobia. Oh, yeah. Or a closet full of spiders. Oh, that'd be horrible. Uh, so Homer begins his second tale of the public domain, which kind of disappoints Marge as she was hoping for a different protagonist. Oh, here's a story of Joan of Arc. Ooh, did you say Joan Van Ark? No, Mom, Joan of Ark. It's never Joan Van Ark. This one takes place in a make-believe kingdom called France. The French were fighting the English in the Hundred Years' War, which was then called Operation Speedy Resolution. Son, how's it going with the breakfast pate? I'm on it. <laughs> Bartron, where is your sister, Joan? Morning bells are ringing. Morning bells are ringing. She's talking to her invisible friend, God. And please bless Mama and Papa and Bartrand and Coco Chanel. Joan of Arc, I am your God. Hey. I have chosen you to lead the French army to victory over the English invaders. Marge is so excited for Joan Van Ark. Yeah, big Knott's Landing fan. I already made a Knott's Landing joke earlier, Steve. Find another Joan Van Ark property <laughs> to talk about. How about Frogs? She was in that 1972 movie Frogs. Oh, yeah. Oh, she did both Knott's Landing and Dallas. That's impressive. I mean, did she shoot JR or Mr. Burns? Who knows? Ooh, it's probably Maggie. The last thing she was on was an episode of uh, Doom Patrol. Oh, and an episode of Curious George. Wow, she's had a very impressive career, actually. She was on Archer, she's on Nip Tuck, she's on an episode of My Name is Earl. Good for her. Well, yeah, it looks like a lot of uh, voiceover work now. So, yeah. <sighs> Simpsons do voiceover. Why I can't. Oh, what happens if, like, Julie Kavner's like, I'm retiring and Joan Van Ark takes over the role of Marge? Whoa. I think that would work. All right. Uh, call up uh, Al Jean. All righty. <laughs> fire Julie right now on the spot. Ah, sweet relief. Um, Steve, also, I made you some. I'm going to make you some pate right now. Oh, boy. Here we go. Mm, livery. Oh, it's just full duck with feather. Yeah. Beak. Needs um, more beak. Does need more beak. Could use a little feather. 
I'm a pretty uh, open-minded eater. I don't do pate. It's gross to me. I don't like meat paste. Are you a pate pooper? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Mostly because it looks like poop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do like that one restaurant that the singer opened, Pate LaBelle. Um, no, I, I'll, I'll side with you on that one. I'm not a big fan of the pate either. I'd probably eat like a, a vegan veggie pate over because it's just vegetables. Yeah. But I don't want the duck. No. I'm also, I've never had it, but I'm not keen on the idea of steak tartare. That's all. Yeah, I get that. And I, me neither. I have not had it, but I also don't really want it. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll cook my meat, thanks. But sushi's fine. So I mean, all I'm saying is. the fugu. <laughs> that's what I have for dinner tonight. Oh, oh how much free time do we have us record? <laughs> I don't know. I'm listening to Larry King read the Bible to me right now. Book on tape. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of the Bible, we got God as making a guest appearance. <sighs> how did they get him? I don't know. It must be his agent. Oh, yeah, right. Lisa, Joan of Arc tells God that she's just a little girl, and the deity says that uh, it knows since it has three eyes. God then instructs Lisa to go to work, and at the dinner table, Marge and the rest of the family are very confused. God wants Lisa to lead the French army to victory? Huh. And uh, French Homer doesn't understand, as the French supposedly don't have a word for victory. Steve, do they have a word for victory? Yeah, it's la victoire. That but sounds I'm... like uh, you made that up. <laughs> I got it from a salsa. <laughs> I mean, English being the only language that uh, exists. Exactly. I uh, know this was like uh, right after uh, 9-11 and we were invading uh, Afghanistan and, and Iraq. Uh, and we were real keen on making fun of the French for not wanting to get involved. And we made fun of them for being weak and prone to surrendering when that's really not the case historically. And they saved our ass in uh, the Revolutionary War. And, uh, you know, we were on good terms with Napoleon. Mm hmm. We bought the uh, TJ Louisiana Purchase from Napoleon, right? Is that the history? I think so. Yeah. TJ Max. <laughs> That's what they call him. <laughs> What's the most number of uh, slaves I can sleep with? Uh, the Max. Yeah. Freedom fries. <laughs> exactly. Freedom toast. Freedom kissing. Freedom ticklers. Still don't understand what you do with the French tickler. Now, nah, we've talked about it before. Anyway. I also like uh, going back a little bit, but the operation, uh, whatever it was, it's very reminiscent of, of that the- era too. Yeah. Uh, so Lisa tells her family that God spoke to her and that she must obey. Bart, imitating God, tells Joan to give him her dessert. Lisa dismisses her brother, but when uh, the real God demands Lisa's dessert, she happily gives it up. The eclair, which kind of looks like the one that Homer reviewed in Guess yeah. He's Coming to Criticize Dinner, floats up to the heavens. We can then hear God munching on the pastry, then complain about how will go straight to his five thighs. You know, God could create a dessert better than they create it, right? Could he create a burrito so hot that he couldn't eat? <laughs> Is that what uh, the next season of Hot Ones with Sean Evans has God doing <laughs> the chicken wings challenge? <laughs> um, all right. Well, good old Chief Wiggum there leads the French troops in a count off in their native tongue, which confuses the other soldiers as they keep switching back and forth between English and French. Very funny scene. So the men fire a catapult and a soldier goes flying, hitting the wall of the opposing English castle. He slides down the wall onto the ground covered in blood. <laughs> Although there's no blood on the wall, so it's just him. Yeah. So that's okay. No dirty on the ball, the wall. Reply the pimp. Don't dirty the wall. I don't know. I'm just so I just said that. It sounds like the, no context to anything. Yeah. It sounds don't like I'm making a wall. reference to something. I'm not. Just don't dirty the wall with Casper's Dracula costume. That's right. The soldier uh, weakly goes back to the infantry, taking the blame for not tucking in his legs. <laughs> but then Joan of Arc, as played by Lisa, arrives with a message from God. And not unlike the uh, good old Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Wait! I have been sent to lead the French army to victory! <laughs> oh, yeah, really? And how are you going to do that? 
with modern ideas like putting bigger, harder people in the catapults. Or how about rocks? I don't know how to feel just now. And now, attack! Ah! Uh, shouldn't we help her? Yeah, right behind you, Lou. Ah! <laughs> Uh-oh, there's my supervisor. Hello, hello, hello. What's all this, then? It's a little bird with a knife, isn't it? Ooh! Oh, what a thing to happen. I like Lisa's suggestion of using rocks in the catapult rather than people. Is that from the uh, story of Joan Van Ark? <laughs> yeah. So in my high school, we only watched an uh, episode of Joan of Arcadia. We rented the Milo Jovovich Joan of Arc movie, but uh, our teacher was confused. He just grabbed any old Milo Jovovich movie, <laughs> and he grabbed uh, Fifth Element, and we had a yeah. grand old time, because that's a sure. good movie. I'd imagine so, yeah. I'd probably rather watch that than the Joan of Arc movie. Yeah, you can learn about the Ultra Pass. Is that what it is? We haven't referenced the greatest portrayal of Joan of Arc. Mm. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, yeah. Noah's wife. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know why my dad watched that movie, but he thoroughly loved that joke. It's a great joke. It is. And he also loved uh, Napoleon being referred to as a short dead dude. And he loved water slides. It's true. My dad was a real big fan of water sports. Wait, is your dad Donald Trump? Wait I'm a minute. Not, huh? Your name's not Steve. It's Baron, isn't it? Yeah, I'm good at computers. <laughs> oh, I'm my... sorry that you're... Um, ex-grandma or ex-mom or not even your mom but uh she's buried in a golf course yeah classy uh not uh, a way podcast. To, any way to save tax money <laughs> so uh, lisa hacks and slashes her enemy killing the english soldier after english soldier her success leads to an invite from the king of france as portrayed by mayor quimby he calls lisa the country's savior but then demands that she kneel before the king as it was custom at the time lisa states that she would happily kneel if quimby were the real king the kingdom gasps, and Lisa declares that Milhouse is the true dolphin. Lisa explains that Milhouse was testing her with the false king to prove that she was truly sent by God. I didn't know Milhouse was a dolphin. I know. He's got such not smooth skin and no fins. He's got like bad haircut, too. That's true. Unlike uh, dolphins. <laughs> uh, king Milhouse there plots saying that Lisa Joan of Arc is as brainsome as she is toothsome. And then Quimby places a crown on Milhouse's head and then takes to the throne, telling Quimby to resume his regular duties as a vibrating footstool. So at a grand feast, King Milhouse toasts to the new hero and shares his feelings for her. And then later in this clip, Lisa lends her troops against the good old Brits. Loyal subjects, let us drink to Joan of Arc, who will conquer the English and has already conquered my heart. <laughs> Uh, God says we should just be friends. I wouldn't say King Millhouse is a loser, but that's the twelfth girl he struck out with this week. Boil him in oil! So no 10.30 show? Let us kill the English! Their concept of individual rights could undermine the power of our beloved tyrants! They're attacking again. I thought we had a truce. Just because you keep saying it doesn't make it so. Oh, my word. You like the British in this like, segment. Like, oh, my word. Like the end. Oh, yes. They're so prissy. And just, yeah, it's fun. 
it's an interesting concept to have Lisa be Joan of Arc. I mean, I guess it makes sense because she is going against the grain and thinking for herself, but being religious. But her point about defending the French and their tyranny over the freedom of the English. It's funny because that's also kind of America's deal too. Like we vilified the British. <laughs> Not to say the British are without sin because they, you know, try to colonize half the world. And they're uh, inbred royalty. That's true. Yeah. So what I'm saying is every country is dumb. Except for, let's say, Sweden. And Denmark. Is Denmark is last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think Krusty, every time he's a court jester, he needs to shut up because every time he's a court jester, I feel like he always gets killed. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, he's he's that a few times. <laughs> also, court jesters don't make fun of the, the royal person in charge. Yeah, it seems to be like the number one rule yeah. to be a gesture is don't make fun of your king. I think the funniest one is, of course, of uh, History of the World, part one, where during the Roman times, Mel Brooks's character is the stand-up philosopher mm-hmm. in front of Caesar with the good old Dom DeLuise. That's such a great scene. I love History of the World, part one. It's real good. I need to do a rewatch, and I'm kind of excited for the TV show that's going to come out soon. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, well, who knows? Uh, so a bloody battle ensues, and many of the English use, are using teacups against the French swords. Joan of Arc declares that she can't be stopped since she was sent by God. Just then, Willie grabs her and stuffs her in a sack. Lisa cries out that she wants her mommy, and Willie probably shouts that he captured a wee girl, making him the greatest hero in English history. So then Joan of Arc is sent to trial, accused by Judge Timothy Lovejoy of heresy, witchcraft, and pushing the guy. <laughs> so Lisa calls her only witness, the almighty G-man himself, God. The door is open. <laughs> And light shines through the courtroom. The silhouette of a man appears. It's Hans Molman. He's God. What? No, he's not Steve. He just uses his long rod to open a flap on the roof, allowing a beam of light to shine on the chair where a witness would sit. And then uh, God is actually there. So he speaks. God, speak to us. I told this maiden to lead the French to victory. Wait a minute, you two-time spot of light. You told me to lead the English to victory. Is that true, Lord? <laughs> well, I never thought the two of you would be in the same room, actually. Uh, this is a little embarrassing. Goodbye now! That was weird. Let's burn her! Don't burn her! She's just an innocent child! Burn this guy! He lost a good bucket! your faith save yourself don't worry beloved parents god won't let anything happen to me huh getting kind of hot around here what happened dad they didn't really burn her did they of course they didn't honey just then sir lancelot rode up on a white horse and saved joan of arc they got married and lived in a spaceship the end everyone learns that god is true uh lisa lisa's right and, you know, God leaves and then Lane's like, huh, oh, well, let's burn her anyway. You know, like, yeah, it just reminds me of in current. Uh, again, we're not a political podcast, but of like the January 6th, like all of, like everything learning about like Trump's presidency. And it's still like the people that finally find out like and the definitive like proof here it is. The elections weren't fraud. Everything was all a lie. And it's still like Trump supporters like, huh. huh. Anyways, Trump 2024. Yeah. <laughs> He's still the president and uh, he made the vaccine happen, but I hate the vaccine. 
it's all very confusing. I'm just so confused with people that have voices. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I There's mean, even good... us, we're dumb. Why are we oh, here? Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's denying our dumbness. But thank you for listening. Yes, we appreciate You're it. not dumb for listening. No, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I do like the idea of like Willie and Lisa both being talked to by God. Because it's Is weird there like, like a, a country joke? just be like... <laughs> That, that he's a Scot. I know that's part of the UK. Yeah, they never really talk about that. And somebody listed that as a blunder that, you know, he's not technically British, but I didn't feel the need to put it in because, yeah. 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 But it is weird. Like, I don't really know the whole, most of my knowledge of the Joan of Arc is actually from this episode. But it's and weird. of course, Bill and Ted. Of course. But it is weird to have, like, God be like, uh, this country I take the side with. I always think it's funny when, like, sports players, <laughs> sports players, exactly, they're yeah. like, dear God, let me get this home run. <laughs> like, God's like, I'm a Yankees fan. I don't want them to beat these Oakland Athletics. So yeah. I'll let you win. <laughs> all I right. Some money on it. <laughs> yeah. I'll break all five of my legs if I lose. So, all right, cheater. You got it. So Marge eats the final page of that story, saying that it's easier to swallow than the uh, Bambi video. And then we head into our final story of the evening. We did two, Craig. We've already done two. About time. Homer says that it's Hamlet by William Shakespeare, but Bart feels that these old stories can't compare with uh, modern day super writers. He even says that Stephen Boschko could kick Shakespeare's ass, which might be true. I think so. <laughs> Lisa tells Bart that the story is more interesting than he may think, and that it even starts with Hamlet's father getting murdered. Bart's impressed, but wonders if Hamlet will uh, get to marry his own mom. <laughs> Homer isn't sure, but feels that that would be pretty hot. Uh, which, you know, might be a case of The Simpsons predicting, you know, the trends of pornography in modern day. <laughs> also, isn't it weird that this is like a children's tale, like, yeah. book, but like a Shakespeare piece is in it? Right. And and Joan of Arc, too, isn't really kid friendly. No, it's not. And yeah, Odysseus, I mean. It's not either. No. These aren't these children's aren't classic, stories. No, these aren't classics for children. These are classics for grown-ups. <laughs> classics for nerds. Yeah. All right. Well, Homer begins the, the tale. I mean, why don't they just do a whole Shakespeare episode? And, you know, yeah, not what it made sense. They could have done Romeo and Juliet. They could have yeah, done with Lisa and Millhouse. Or no, it'd be uh -huh. Lisa and uh, it seems like a thing. It would be Lisa and Nelson, right? Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah that would make sense. And they haven't done that. It's true. Yeah, that would just be an easy one to do. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, and they could have done. I feel like they've done Julius Caesar story. Haven't they? They've done that. They have. Wasn't yeah. like a Treehouse of Horror one? Probably. Yeah. Well, they've done a couple Shakespeare's, right? Billy Shakes, as I call him. Yeah. Good old Bill Shakes. The bard man himself. <laughs> Do you think a uh, famed uh, film conductor, composer, John Williams, like his friends call him, Johnny, Johnny Billiams? Yeah, I think that's what exactly what they call him. Like, All hey, right. play us a tune, Johnny Billiams. I call him Johnny B. I mean, Johnny W. No, wait. Uh, J. J. Billy. See, I think that Matthew Fox uh, wrote the song about him because he's so good. So I call him Johnny B. Good. And then he went back in time and gave it to uh, Chuck Berry. <sighs> time travel, ain't it a hoot? Mm -hmm. Speaking of time travel, let's time travel back to <laughs> Hamlet days with Homer no. beginning the tale saying, once upon a time, there was a young prince of Denmark, which we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. Bart imagines as the prince in bed with a banner says, feudalism, and a scroll above his headboard that reads, Danes do it melancholy. <laughs> Bart is awakened by the ghost of father's past. Ooh. Is dead. Hamlet, avenge me! Dad? Yes, I have returned from the dead. Looks like you've returned from the buffet. Why, you little dead <laughs> My son, I have some shocking news. I was murdered. Murdered, I tells ya! Really? 
Behold, as I slept, your Uncle Claudius poured poison in my ear. Poison most foul! So we could marry your mother and become the king! Yeah, that was quite a weekend. Now you must avenge me! Avenge me! How? I don't know. Surprise me! Surprise me! Did Tiny Toon Adventures ever do a Hamlet parody with the pig? Hampton? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Yeah, because at the time, in my head, like Tiny Toons and uh, Animaniacs and The Simpsons all kind of like dip from the same well, if you will. Like sometimes right. they would would do that. And I could see Hamlet. That's that's fun. Montana Max could be the villain. All right. Well, so here we are with Hamlet, Steve. Uh, Ghost Homer soars through the castle walls, leaving a trail of uh, ectoplasm. Mm -hmm. You know, just like uh, Onion Head from uh, what's that movie called? Ghost. I don't know. I don't know. We, no. we don't know, Steve. We don't know. I don't know. Yeah. No one will ever mention that movie that has uh, Slimer in it That's on this right. podcast. Never. Or in this episode whatsoever. But I will say, Craig, that yeah. Dustin makes me feel good. And you know what they say in Massachusetts? Uh. Bastin makes me feel good. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's great you get points for that okay so the part wonders if the fat ghost was telling the truth his first step is to get his uncle claudius to confess then he'll kill him and homer returns to the room to remind his son to bring a sweater since it's cold outside that's you know very fatherly of him yeah so uncle claudius and marge are entertained by the court jester crusty so here's the thing that's annoying like he's a court jester in the first in the second and third segments there was no, he wasn't in the first segment as a court jester, right? Yeah, rule of threes, people. God, come on. Wasn't there Trojan cor court gestures? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Make balloon Could animals out of condoms. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to have a clip here with uh, court jester Cresty and his sidekicks, uh, Mel and uh, Mr. Teeny. And if your idea of a first date is burning down her village, you just might be a Viking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I get for sitting up front, eh? <laughs> I love these jesters. They're exactly what I need to forget about my first husband. Yeah, I really miss the old guy. It was all I could do to put on his jewels and score with his wife every night. How you doing, kid? Nice to see you. Now, we would like to warn you, our performances tend to make audience members blurt out hidden secrets. Oh, boy. Aha! Methinks the play's the thing, wherein I'll catch the conscience of the king. Catch my conscience? What? You're not supposed to hear me. That's a soliloquy. Okay, well, I'll do a soliloquy, too. <clears throat> Note to self, kill that kid. All right, Steve, your turn to do a soliloquy. Note to self. Kill Craig. My turn. Okay. Note to self, wear less deodorant to kill Steve with my odor. Oh, boy. Uh, something's rotten in Denmark, and I think it's Craig's armpits. That <laughs> uh, was uh. pretty funny in this segment, I got to say. Yeah. I like that he's, uh, you know, just, just being dirtbag mo. I do like Krusty as being Joff. Joff. Joff, Joff Foxworthy. <laughs> Come Joff. Joffrey Jeff Foxworthy. Jeffrey Foxworthy. Jeffrey Foxworthington III. <laughs> he's like a british version like yeah. <laughs> making like downton abbey jokes and shit like yeah. that you may just be a chimney sweep is that uh, like i don't know no, no you're a maybe from like essex or some shit i don't know what's yeah. the cardiff what's like the what's the i'm doing air quotes white trash of england like i don't know the locale but i know that chavs are like the more lower class kind uh, of 
quote unquote trashy people. What about like the Beatles? Weren't they were they from well from Liverpool, you see? Yeah, little liver puttians are I don't like that word, liver puttian, but that's what you're called you're from Liverpool. I was uh, in Liverpool, Steve. There was no liver or no pool. I was disappointed. Disappointing. And I looked at the calendar seven days a week. I was with a good friend George and John. I said, <laughs> Oh, I've been working for seven days. And John was like, it feels more like eight days. And Ringo, what did Ringo say? Why, I played the drums. Boom, ba doom, ba doom. We should write more songs about the ocean. I go tick ba doo ba doo ba doo on my bass that looks like a little violin. Uh, <laughs> Why are we doing Beatles in person? <laughs> Who are we, Dana Carvey? Yeah, I know. It's like, so you're going to sue us now. Although I will say that your voice is well reminiscent of Dana Carvey. They're all very distinct, and I could see which one is which. So well done. I got to work on my George Harrison. Uh, it's tough because he didn't talk a lot. He was a quiet one. Yeah. Did his guitar gently weep? Is that what he, who he was? Yeah, and his sweet lord. He's got my mind set on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, here comes the sun. The sun played by Bart Simpson, Steve. There we go. So uh, Krusty per- uh, begins his performance with some improv. He first asks the audience for a location, and Bart shouts out, <laughs> this castle. Uh, <laughs> Krusty then asks for an occupation. And, you know, I've done some improv. You should pick other people, but it's fine. It's the early days of improv, so <laughs> the early I don't think that Shakespeare went to uh, Second City or Io. <laughs> he was with comedy sports at Formula Red. That's true, yeah. <laughs> More game-based. And so Krusty then asks for an occupation, and Bart once again kneels out, this time saying, usurper of the throne. <laughs> So Mo nervously tugs at his collar, going there, mm. and Krusty requests one more thing from the crowd, an object. So uh, Bart suggests ear poison, and then uh, Mo asks uh, Marge if she has diarrhea, and then says, that, hey, I got some diarrhea. <laughs> but uh, Marge forces her new husband to sit down. I really like this scene. I think also we're in 2002, mm-hmm. and um, improv in in general to like the American pop culture, all we really knew was like, Whose line was it anyway? Right. Sorry, whose line is it anyway? At that time, was whose line was it? You know, they're not there anymore. <laughs> right. They are now. I mean, but what I'm saying is like it, doing the improv and doing that kind of junk was very funny. And, True. Uh, and then Mo just like, ah, you got diarrhea? <laughs> I'm going to say that next <laughs> time in an awkward situation. Hey, uh, Craig, <laughs> uh, you got diarrhea? So, yeah, I think I got diarrhea. I, I got to go. Just like when you're at like, the group function and there's like an odd moment of science. It's like, hmm, I think I got diarrhea. And then some guy just goes, hey, me too. Let's go to the bathroom together. And it's like, oh, boy. <laughs> Diarrhea party. <laughs> it's one of those bars that only has a, a urinal and a toilet. So you have to decide which one you get. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Ugh, <laughs> disgusting. Wait, we don't actually diary in the urinals. It's waste. You sound like, like, oh, yeah, I've been there before. <laughs> I have an active imagination that just sounds gross. There's been plenty of bars we've been to where that probably happens. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Note to self. Don't have diarrhea in a dive bar. Got it. Good. That's just All right. life advice. <laughs> so the performance is underway with Krusty as the sleeping king, Mr. Teeny wearing a blue beehive wig to portray, of course, Marge. Marge Teeny. <laughs> That's what we call Mr. Teeny as Marge. Marge Teeny. Ooh, that sounds like a great uh, martini. Marge Teeny. Ooh, yeah. With like a bunch of like blackberries on a swivel stick that from her hair. Make her hair. Ooh, yeah. That sounds like, oh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Steve, uh, come up with a Marge Teeny. So uh, Marge Teeny then kisses the king on the cheek, King Krusty, and walks on the stage. Then Sideshow Mel, in a cloak, sneaks behind the resting king with a large bottle of ear poison that has a warning, do not get in eyes. Very funny. Mm-hmm. And in this clip, he begins to pour the green liquid into Krusty's ear, but then Mo objects. Oh, no. Oh, Mo. Wait a minute. I didn't use that much poison. I, I mean, I didn't use that much poison at the Royal Luau. <laughs> 
It's true. Uncle Claudius murdered you. Oh, great. Now Hamlet's acting crazy. Well, nobody out-crazies Ophelia. Hey, Nani Nani with the hoo and a ha and a Nani Nani hey! I do like Mo in this segment, like I said, but like, yeah, it's not like just the obvious joke of like, I didn't do that. That was good. And I didn't use enough toy. Son? <laughs> at the luau. It's a silly joke, and I like it. Joke. Uh, so Lisa jumps out the window and into the moat, probably to her death. Uh, that evening, Bart rushes into his mother's bedroom with a sword. He lets out a war cry, but it's stopped by Marge, who has just told him not to run with swords. Just then, Bart hears a rustling in the nearby curtain. He thinks it could be Claudius. He, uh, In his mind, there's only one way to find out. He stabs the curtain and hears someone cry out, Ow! Polonius, as portrayed by Chief Wiggum, <laughs> explains that he hides behind curtains due to his uh, fear of getting stabbed. So then... Uh... Uh, Laertes, which is played by uh, Ralph Wiggum, says that his daddy's chest is crying. So Polonius tells his son that he has to do a special big boy job for daddy. Polonius needs Laertes to avenge his death. So Ralph states that he likes avenging. <laughs> he then meets with Mo and says that he is going to kill Hamlet. He then shows off his mad face, which is really <laughs> cute. It's a little like a like, guru tiger type thing. Yeah. Which Mo finds very cute. And so did I. I just said that. <laughs> so then Mo says, even if Ralph is unsuccessful, he had put poison on the drapes, on the food, and even the Rose and Carl on Gild and Lenny. <laughs> and Lenny and Carl then high five each other saying that if Hamlet so much as touches them, he's dead. And then as their hands beat, of course, they both die. <laughs> It's funny because they had poison on themselves, yes. but it took them high-fiving to die. <laughs> Dumb cartoon logic that I love. Uh, so Hamlet arrives, Bart, and Mo says that Ralph gets one practice stab. Unfortunately, Ralph uses that practice stab on himself, <laughs> making Mo realize that he bet on the wrong horse. Bart pulls the sword from Ralph's dead body and then sets his sight on Mo. And a little bit of fun trivia in uh, England on Channel 4 reruns, they don't show a Ralph stabbing himself, but they show his dead body because I don't think they want to see a, an eight-year-old boy kill himself, unlike the American sentiments that are you know used to that kind of thing. The English are, are trying to censor Shakespeare? I know. Their own bard themselves. And number one Avon salesperson. <laughs> All right, Steve. <laughs> do we have a clip here? I think we do. Now there's nothing to stop me from getting my vengeance. You sure you don't want a nice piece of fish or uh, to finger the drapes a little? This ends here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Remember me as a peacemaker. Ah. And now to celebrate life. Whoa, bloody floor. Ugh. I do like all this uh, death. I mean, that's all Hamlet is. Everyone dies, right? So. Yeah, everybody's everybody's dead. Oh, Bart. Good old bloody Bart. <laughs> bloody Bart, Bart, Bart. So Bart slips and falls to his death. Then Marge looks at the dead bodies of her son, her new husband, Claudius, Rose and Carl and Gildan Lenny, and Ralph. She says there's no way she's cleaning up this mess and then hits herself with a mace, also killing herself. Oh, then we go back to the regular timeline. <laughs> And it's not going back in time or anything, but it's Homer closing the book. Uh, and Lisa declares that the final story to be the greatest thing ever written. Is that true? Is that what people consider Hamlet to be the greatest story ever told? To some people, yeah. The Bible, but. Right. And of course, episode one, The Phantom Menace. But, you know. Of course. Uh, Bart can't believe a play where every character was murdered could be so boring. So then Homer offers his son some solace. It's not only a great play, but also became a great movie called. Ghostbusters!
Was that the Ghostbusters theme? <laughs> Sounded a lot like it. Yeah. I assume it was the same song. Yeah. I mean, they had the same beat, same rhythm. Yeah. That's how the show ended, right? Yeah. You know, they always <laughs> talk about Simpsons predicting things. Like this was 2002. How did they know a movie was going to come out of, like in 2016 called Ghostbusters? Starring Melissa McCarthy and uh, Gilly from <laughs> Target. What's her name? <laughs> Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig, yeah. How do they know that this was going to happen? Simpsons predicted it. Ghostbusters. The only movie that came out in 2016 called Ghostbusters. That's right. And the only one that there is. Anywho. <sighs> well, that's how it Then just a abrupt ending. <laughs> I think as a kid, uh, I probably liked that ending. Yeah, I mean, it's it fun to watch them uh, dance because, you know, they're both they're all grooving to the, the beat and Homer's slapping an ass. It's, it, it's kind of fun. All right. Well, Steve, I think we should take a break and actually play the actual Ghostbusters song instead of Huey Lewis, who course was ray parker ripped off of if you guys don't know the story uh yeah. ray parker jr's ghostbusters theme was heavily influenced by the song we just played by huey lewis and the news i want a new drug mm-hmm. hey you tell us if it sounds similar okay yeah let us know we'll be right back Alrighty, Craig, we're back. Let's finish up our talk about Simpsons Tales of the Public Domain. Uh, we'll talk about the things that made us laugh, our MVJ, uh, what we thought of the episode, and what we're watching next week. But before we do all of that, let's get some money going. Let's get it to let's get some products. Uh, what do you want on a t-shirt or a tattoo or a, a messenger bag or embroidered onto a uh, waffle? I knew you were gonna ask me this. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's probably some fun things from this episode. Um, I would like a helmet of Joan of Arc, which is his Lisa's hair. I just Very want cute, a Lisa yeah. hair head helmet. Um, I would just do it a basic T-shirt. I want in the third act when they are doing Hamlet and above Bart's bed. Uh-huh. <laughs> it says, Danes do it, melancholy. I just want a shirt that says that. Yeah. No explanation needed. Nope. Walk down the street, <laughs> Danes do it, melancholy. Maybe on the back, how he has like the uh, feudalism uh, banner. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want. How about you? Um, I was actually going to do that exact same thing, but I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to honor Homer's uh, Odyssey with uh, a t-shirt of his of his rental car. And it'd on be- the back, it'll have like all of the features such as the coin slots and everything. <laughs> that would be good too, tattoo as well. Just like yeah. the drawing of the Odyssey and this is Homer's Odyssey. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, it works well as a tattoo. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, I do like Lisa's helmet, though. I was going to mention how cute that was. Just her little, little head. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and uh, we could also have, I would like, I know we don't talk about toys that much, but it'd be fun to have like. All I want to talk about is toys. Let's talk about toys. Well, I want uh, a Bart action figure from the Joan of Arc segment with some Play-Doh where you can make a little goose and then shove them through the thing to make your own Play-Doh pate. I think that'd be fun. And you can put the action figure of the philosopher Plato through it too. That's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's many fun play sets in this episode. You have the oh yeah, you know Hamlet and make a Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. Because that'd be fun stuff. to like store all of your Simpsons action figures. Oh, and the Trojan horse. Yeah. All right. So uh, we've talked about merchandise. What uh, made you laugh? Well, I was watching what we do in the shadows last week. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Oh, from Colin this episode. Robinson. Yeah, Colin Robinson. Yeah, but from this episode. I got to say, I said it last week, I'll say it before, but I still love Flanders 
saying uh now throughout history when people get with they'll think of trojans classic and of course we mentioned homer's odyssey joke uh, i do like the callback in in the odyssey one two with lenny's eyes like he where he wants them stabbed out now gouged mm-hmm. uh, but i gotta say i'm gonna give my mvj to the last segment uh being mo oh yeah he was fun uh in this last uh segment so i'll give the mvj to let's say mo great i love it um i think i'm gonna give it to crusty I really liked him in the third act as well as I mean, he was great as a court gesture in both of them should have been all three, but I liked his improv and I don't know. I just I liked their little performance of uh, the death. But yeah, and also um, I really enjoyed Agnes's joke about she sent the thousand ships the other direction. I thought that was a lot of fun, too. The philistiller delivery. Exactly. Yeah, that yeah. always uh, delights me. Me, too. We normally are a little hesitant about these uh, anthology episodes that aren't Treehouse of Horrors. But uh, what do you think of the episode, Craig? It would have been funny if the book was actually just called Tales from the Public Domain instead of Children's Tales. Yeah. Been a way funnier joke. Um, also, the, you know, doing Hamlet, just doing one Shakespeare thing, because I feel like Shakespeare in general just do all three segments Shakespeare. Yeah. And, I, and there's also they missed a joke of being like about why they're doing Tales from the Public Domain. Like, yes. they could have made a joke about how, like, oh, we don't have to pay anybody. Sad we did get that. So I think the problem with this episode for me, it's stories that we were forced to read as kids in school. Mm. So the last thing you want to do is watch your favorite cartoon. Talk about the stories that you were forced to read. Right. It feels so like it feels, homework. Yeah, it feels like homework watching this. You're like, ah. Now, I enjoy Shakespeare, mm-hmm. but, you know, I've never read The Odyssey and I've never read uh, or Joan of Arc. Is that I'm going to sound ignorant here. Is that actually from the Bible <laughs> or? no is it just but, like a tale like a french tale like like joan was real he, right i think so or at least a version of her was real and is it like is it like rob the tale like robin hood like robin hood was like a real person but like the story gets changed throughout history yeah because she was alive from 1412 to 1431 was it just they burned her a stake because she was just a woman who had an opinion on something probably and uh probably some blasphemy about god speaking directly yeah. to her also, like not reading the story. So I feel like if you are a very learned person who's read these stories and gets the jokes, you know, like if you haven't read Hamlet, there's a lot of funny like Hamlet jokes in it. Like mm-hmm. the, the death of everybody, like the, the twists and turns that the Simpsons writers do instead. You know, using these segments, we always take, say our favorites to least favorite. I'm going to say the Hamlet, the third act is my favorite act, mm-hmm. uh, followed by I got do I like I, I think I only like the Odyssey for the two jokes of the Trojan joke and Lenny's eyes. So sure. we have Joan of Arc. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reverse it. I go three, two, one is my favorite of those segments. That being said, this episode, again, feels like homework to me. A lot of these, and I said I said it last week, I'll say it before, I've said it many times on the podcast, I'm not a big fan of these anthology stories behind this, of course, Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. I think it's a pass for me. Like, again, I, I'm not I'm not going to seek this out. I think for, like, if there's, like, the Simpsons Bible stories, can compare this if I'm trying to remember, I think I'd rather choose this over Bible stories. But, mm-hmm. again... If I were to give this a ranking, they did, of course, mention uh, Homer going down the river sticks and they play some sticks music. And we talked a little about sticks, but sticks has 17 studio albums, Steve to their name. Woo. Uh, the last album came out last year in 2021 called Crash of the Crown. 
so if I'm going to rate this episode out of Sticks albums, of course, The Grand Illusion from 1977 is probably considered their best album. Um, I would give this episode the 2005 album Big Bang Theory. Oh, about the sitcom. <laughs> I mean, that would have been better. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. How about you? Throughout this whole episode, I asked myself, why did they make this? I don't understand just from the beginning. Like, I know that the Treehouse of Horrors are very successful because they're a lot of fun. And I think the reason they work is because we only get one a year and we anticipate it and then we move on. Especially at this time when that was often like the season premiere or at least the third uh, episode of the season. Then we move on to other episodes. So when there's an anthology episode, I just don't know why they're doing it other than like it's a chance for and I read about this about it's a chance for the writers to kind of flex their muscles and do uh, basically a one act scene and go from there. But they never really uh, catch for me. Uh, that being said, I, I like this one more than others. I think my favorite non Treehouse of Horror anthology episode has to be still Thanksgiving of Horror. And this one's probably up there for me. Like, I liked it better than The Simpsons Tall Tales, I think, if I remember correctly. And I found myself laughing at some of the jokes. But all in all, I I was kind of bored. And I know that if I wasn't doing this for a podcast, I'd spend a lot of the time looking at my phone or like wanting to watch something else. So it's a skip for me as well. I think I like it a bit more than you may, but it's not by much. The jokes are good. I just don't care. And I think that they tried really hard and I just don't think it lands. I agree with you that the Hamlet one is probably the best. I like everyone dying. I like the Shakespearean references. It's my favorite. I think I go in the same order. The Odysseus one doesn't do much of anything aside from those two jokes that you mentioned. And the Joan of Arc has some good jokes, but I agree with you. I don't like the anthology episodes. And this one is probably a better than most, but still, it's a skip for me. So the 2023 Honda Odyssey gets 28 miles to the gallon on the highway and today's crazy gas prices. That's a pretty good deal, I think. I don't know. I don't drive. Um, so out of uh, Honda Odyssey, I'm going to give this a 1993 Honda Del Sol. Model S, of course. Model S, of course, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, think of it as you're a kid and you're watching The Simpsons and yeah, you got the Treehouse of Horror, like Steve said, your anthology that one time a year. And now we're like in March, we're in the throes of almost, you know, towards the end of the season and you get another anthology. So, but it's not fun. It doesn't have Halloween references and it's got stuff that you had to learn in school. Real bummer, yeah. man. And March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. It's true. <sighs> so yeah, it's a, it's a miss for us, but you know, it might not be a miss, but we're watching next week. We're going to need that wheel random. And so, as you know, we are cursed by that darn wheel random, but there are ways out. So if Craig can guess the episode that we're going to watch, we are free. If he can guess the title, we don't have to do this podcast anymore. If he gets that wrong, I'll give him the title. And then if he can guess the plot of the episode, once again, we're free. So there are two ways for us to get out of this hellscape that is the 138 Simpsons podcast, or should I say the 183rd Simpsons podcast. So why don't we give that wheel random a spin to see which season we're in. Season 31. All right, let's give it another spin to see which episode we're watching. Episode 9. Season 31. Episode 9. Newer stuff. We like newer stuff. It's true, we do. What do you think the title of the episode is? You so don't we're give me like, plot, but just yeah. the title. So we're looking at about 2019, maybe 2020. I'll I'll tell you. Um, I don't know if this is loud, but I'll tell you it's December 1st, 2019. Oh, December 1st, 2019. Uh COVID had just been invented. Mm-hmm. But the Simpsons don't know that. I mean, they predicted it probably in season 28, but sure. <laughs> 
Uh, we're going to go with, uh, let's see, um, you know, Marvel's big Avengers movies. No, I'm going to say, okay, uh, was the last Avengers movie Infinity War? I feel like there's there's got to be like a movie parody. It was close to Christmas, too. Okay, okay, I got it. Um, uh, it'll be called uh, The Simpsons, colon, Age of Homer, semicolon, <laughs> Christmas game. Ooh, I like I like all of that. I can see where you're going with it. Um, but sadly, uh, I, I regret to inform you that uh, none of those words are in the title. <laughs> I, I literally forgot what I just said. <laughs> Uh, something Homer War. Uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Uh, the actual plot. Oh, I wish I was there, funnier today. Yeah, don't we all? All right, fine. Homer's sloppy penis on Bart's big old brown eye. There. Is that what oh, you well, want? That's. I'm sorry, Craig. We're done. That's it. We got it. Oh, <laughs> we got to play right. the end theme here. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the title of the episode is very close, but it's uh, Todd. Todd, why hast thou forsaken me? Oh, that sounds like Shakespeare shit. <laughs> It does. <laughs> so Todd, Todd, why hast this, thou forsaken me? I think I'm going to, I think we're going to, we're out of the clear, Steve. I think this is the end. Cause I, I'm just going to assume Todd Flanders, big surprise here, decides not to be a Christian anymore and wants to be a uh, Buddhist with Lisa. Cause he's got a crush on her. That's ah. the story. Uh, B story is uh Bart and Millhouse find uh, cocaine and they snorted off each other's buttholes. <laughs> Well, I can't verify the B plot, uh, the B whole plot, but I like it. That's what I said. Uh, B plots are always about but, right? Right, exactly. And you know, you're not entirely wrong. Okay. So when Todd blames God for the death of his mother and rejects his faith, Ned sends him to live with the Simpsons in an attempt to scare him back into God's arms. Hmm. So I mean, yeah, we obviously knew. I mean, going into obviously, it sounds like Todd does want to leave religion, but yeah. Doesn't Todd or Rod, doesn't he have a crush on Lisa? I just, everyone has like a crush on Lisa. I think so, yeah. All right, well, I like my story too. I do too. It, it sounds like a lot of fun. I like I like that. Um, but do you have any recollection of this episode where Todd blames uh, God for Mod's no more life? Now, is it Mod or is it Edna? Because this is around the same time that like, they've acknowledged that Marsha Wallace has been dead for a few right. years since this episode aired i will say that she does have a uh archive recording guest appearance and glenn close is in it as mona oh wow yeah this air on mother's day december 1st 2019 oh you said december 1st uh (laughs) close to uh jesus day that's right that's right well i don't i don't um i'm assuming you probably don't either 31 is probably out of here yeah i do not have any recollection of this episode but i'm really curious about it uh what's amazing like seems really heavy like yeah but what's kind of crazy is we were already doing the podcast when this episode aired. That's true. I've been wow. already been doing it for, for like nearly a year at that point. You know what we should do next week is revisit the episode that we reviewed just in a quick segment Ooh. during this episode when it aired. Like what were that, we, what were we talking about when this episode aired? That's a very good question. Ah, and one that would we'll be find out right now. That's right. So in December, beginning of December of 2019. So on um, December or November 28th, we did Thanksgiving of Horror, which I just mentioned. And then after that, we did The Town, which is the Boston episode. And as we know, Boston makes me feel good. <laughs> That's right. That's fun. That is fun. And you know, this is fun uh, contacting us. Uh, you know, we're going to do each other's reverse here. We're going to try it. I, I'm a you little afraid. You do me. Okay. Okay. You do me now. Okay. So you can go to your uh, favorite uh, social media. You can go to your Facebooks, your Instagrams, and your Twitter at Winthrate Simpsons. 
And uh, hey, if you don't feel like typing, uh, leave us a voicemail on your uh, podcatching app. Yeah, you do that by going to the show notes and clicking down the last part of the. Yeah, you do that by what he said. Okay, Um, but if you don't want to uh, Twitter us, you can always email us at one three Simpsons at Gmail dot com. Leave us a comment on there. That's fun to get in touch with us on the Gmail. Uh, But also, we want you to leave a review, a five star review or the equivalent of on your favorite podcasting app, uh, for instance, Apple Podcast. Leave a five star and leave a comment. Uh, Tell us your favorite story from the uh, public domain. Nice. And hey, if you want to get some swag, go to uh, tpublic.com slash users slash annoyed drunk boys. And we got some neat T-shirts and tattoo. No tattoos. We got some T-shirts. You can get a sticker. Um, you can get a hat. You can get a mask. You can get all the things. Can you get a hat on T Public? I don't think you can. Probably not. But you can make a hat out of a shirt. Or, or there's stickers and pens. You can put a pen on the hat. That's true. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> for oh no, you you have to do this. Uh, for this week, I've been annoyed, grunt boy Steve, and I've been annoyed, grunt boy Craig. And remember, I've been sent to lead the French army to victory. You sure you don't want me to finger the drapes? I have diarrhea.